macho macho man i wanna be a macho man hello and welcome to the next episode of matt and todd go to the movies the podcast where matt and todd go see a movie at our local regal cinema and then we talk about it afterwards uh this time from the bj's wholesale club parking lot because we had a battery issue with the recorder but we're all good and we're still in very close vicinity to the movie theater so it still counts um, I am Todd Domer. And I'm Matt Malloy. And yes, we work through all technical difficulties so that we can produce this podcast for you, the listener. Thank you for listening. And today we're going to be talking about a movie uh, called Cry Macho. Or maybe it's Cry Macho. Or maybe it's, I don't know. I don't well, know how no, you say it. Yeah, there's, there's no, no crying. <laughs> Cry macho. Cry macho. I would assume, because there's no um, comma or anything like that. You're so right about that. Cry macho. Cry macho. Well, anyway, uh, we saw this movie tonight, um, and there's your connection, the word macho, to Todd's intro music of macho, macho, macho man. I want to be a macho. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Um, So, who's in this? Well, this is a Clint Eastwood uh, produced and directed film. A Clint Eastwood joint. Yes. Also stars Clint Eastwood as your your main protagonist. And uh, other than Clint Eastwood, we've got Dwight Yoakam, who has a small part in this film. Uh, Singer, songwriter, and maybe even actor at some points. I've definitely seen him in other movies. Okay. Well, I think he made his money on on country music singing. Mm. But... And now he just likes to hang out with Clint. That's right. That's what I choose to believe. Well, you should choose to believe that. Uh, Anyone else uh, famous in this movie, Todd? Uh, No. No. (laughs) Not unless... uh, I mean, maybe they could be famous actors and actresses from... Not America, yeah. But well, that's always a possibility. But yeah, as far as our purposes and what we know and our knowledge, no, no, no is the answer. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's this movie about? This movie is about um, Clint Eastwood's character named Mike. Mike is an old man, just like Clint Eastwood, so it matches up perfectly. And shucks howdy was he old. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Mike is a former rodeo person, trainer of horses, uh, who works for Dwight Yoakam's character and then gets fired. Um, That happens at the beginning of the movie. It's like the first scene of the movie. (laughs) And then uh, we we get a one year later... Um, this movie is set in, in 1980, I guess, based on that. Um, good old Dwight Yoakam's character comes around and talks to Mike and says, Hey, my son is in Mexico uh, with, with his mother, and I want you to go and, and get him out of there because he's in a bad situation, and I really want him to come live with me. And... Uh, then he, he p- 
puts a big guilt trip on on Clint and and gets him to agree. So the movie is really Clint Eastwood travels to Mexico, finds this kid, and tries to bring him back to his father. Um, and they have adventures along the way, including a stop in this little town where their car breaks down and they. Uh, Clint Eastwood's character, Mike, has a sort of love story interlude with a woman in the town. And then they move on. They're worried always about the law coming and the law. And, and, and the mother of the kid has sent some henchmen to follow them, or at least one henchman. Something. Um, who's, who runs into them a few different times. And then we complete the story, and everyone lives happily ever after. And that's what the movie's about. <laughs> that's the story of economics. So, Todd, what did you think of this short film starring an old man, Clint Eastwood? Yeah, it's pretty short. It's probably like an hour and 25 to an hour and 35 minutes, somewhere in there. Yeah. Which for today's standards is short. Yeah. Um, which is not a bad thing. Like, I think movies that can be that length can be very good because we're all used to two and a half hour epics at this point. Sometimes you just want a nice hour and a half good time story. Right on. So, uh, it saddens me to say that I don't think this movie's very good. Because mm. I like Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah. I mean, I kind of knew what I was expecting going into this movie. A lot of the movies that are, like, his movies that he has his hands all over, either directing or writing or whatever, are typically very slow movies, very story-driven movies, very kind of, uh, you know, scenic shots stories and stuff like that so i knew we weren't going to get like an action-packed you know whatever um but there's just a lot of problems with this movie <laughs> and uh and i will start to list them now <laughs> in my opinion uh the first and i don't i can't i don't know if i can say this is the biggest problem but it's definitely one of the biggest problems to me is the acting in this movie um you know Clint's a 91-year-old man, <laughs> and that definitely shows in the movie, and I think they relied on that to, I don't know, help portray his character better, but there's just kind of times where it's like, this isn't meshing well. Like, it it wasn't like he was absolutely horrible, but there's just times in it where you're like, wow, this is an awkward scene, because it's Clint, super old, trying to get this done, and then the kid... You know, the, the, the son he goes to bring back to Texas is also not a good actor, in my opinion. Like, and so many scenes, and there are many scenes where it's just those two. It's like Clint being a 91-year-old man and this kid who's not very good, you know, are left to carry some scenes. And it just doesn't work out as well as you would like to. Um, but... I will say this, that I think Clint has like three or four monologues in this scene, uh, in this movie, that you can see kind of like the bright star kind of there. You can see some of it trickle through of like, you know, not so old. I mean, like he, he does bring it in some areas. It's just not a consistent 
bringing it because maybe he can't bring it 24-7 like he used to. So, um, and then the other biggest, like, the first one and then this one of just the biggest problems I have in this movie is that the story of this movie is not a bad story. It's just massively incomplete. And it's, like, really lazy at times. And you're not at all, like... So, perfect example of this. First time that Clint Eastwood characters meet, meets the mom of the kid he's trying to bring back, she is like, who cares? Take the kid. He's wild. Whatever. I don't care. Whatever. So then he goes and finds the kid and you know, tries to bring him back. And then they get separated somehow and he goes back to the house thinking that the kid went back there. And then they have another conversation and the, you know, she kind of tries to seduce Clint Eastwood, which is a weird scene. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's like, I don't think I should do this or whatever. And then she just flips out and she's like, you'll never take my son and he's mine and you'll never get him. And then it's like just a complete 180 and you're not really sure exactly why. Like maybe because he turned her down, but it was like such a, a polarizing scene that it's just super confusing. And uh, another prime example is that uh, their car gets stolen. They make it to another town and the kid magically finds a car with keys in it that they just kind of take. And there's not really an explanation on how the kid got it or anything like that. He just kind of walks off scene while Clint goes into a store to buy clothes. And then when Clint comes back out, they, this kid's got this car. And you're given no explanation beyond that. And I think he hotwired the car. You think so? Yes. I mean, it's completely possible. It's just... Based on another weird... scene later when he, he definitely is doing something to the car to get the car to run. Yeah. Which I think yeah, is hot the wiring car. that car. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I think, I think he hot wired both cars. Okay. I mean, it just is a weird scene no matter how you play it out. Like, it uh, just was... Yes. Like, agree with that. And, and that's what I mean by, like, lazy kind of storytelling is that, like, it's just you're not led through this story and stuff like that and, and gradually you make it point A to point B to point C or whatever it's just kind of like the points don't match up and then they just go for it anyway and you're just kind of left kind of trying to fill in the gap here um, and it also it has a very hard time trying to decide what whose movie it is is it Old Man Mike's movie or is it the kids movie is it is it like who are we really there to see and what's going on? And at times, at times it's all mutually exclusive and you're like, okay, you know, like they're on the same journey. So that's why we have this. But then at times it's not mutually, or mutually exclusive. So it's like, it's, you know, like you're, you're never really given a true resolution to the kid's story, which is very problematic to me because he's a huge part of the movie. You are given a resolution to Mike's Clint Eastwood story. And so I, I just really think that this movie struggled almost in all areas of trying to get Clint Eastwood to do some stunts that just looked pretty not great because he's so old. And like there's a scene where he's breaking in a horse and it's like just cut <laughs> scenes to him, like close up of him, like <laughs> Clint Eastwood just kind of like rocking back and forth, obviously not on a horse. Right. And then bigger shot to an obvious stunt double who probably has 50 pounds on what Clint Eastwood weighs now. Yeah. 
So it just, it, it struggled in so many aspects. And um, it, it, it really left me just kind of feeling like, why? Like, why did you make this movie? Why was this movie so important to you to make? With, with the kind of realization that this is probably the last movie that he will make. And I mean, like, there's some parts that I'm like, maybe I get it. Like, you know, there's a lot of themes of, like, masculinity in this movie and being macho and stuff like that. And, um, you know, there's times where he's just... And I, I think this is kind of the heart of the matter that Clint Eastwood was trying to get over is that there's scenes where he's talking about manhood and, and being macho and stuff like that. And he's all just like, it's a load of crap. Like, and by the time you realize it's a load of crap, crap, it's too late and you're an old man and stuff like that. And I don't know, maybe that's his swan song message to like, as the guy who's always been the epitome of masculinity for movies and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's the point of what he was trying to convey is that like, who cares? It's all crap. Like, realize it now before you get as old as I am. I don't know. I wish I could have a conversation with Clint because I would like the answers to these questions and I think like we'd get along. He's a nice grandpa, I think, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it had a lot of problems and, and when it comes down to it, can I, can I honestly recommend people see this movie in the theater? That's a hard one. Like, maybe, and this is like a far stretch, but maybe if you're just a diehard Clint fan and you want to see his last movie that's, I mean, it's not a done deal, but I have to imagine it's probably his last movie that, that'll come out in theaters. Maybe you want to have the final theater experience with Clint. You know, that's probably one of the only reasons I could point out of why I would recommend this movie in the theaters. Otherwise, everything in this movie screams wait for it to be on a streaming service or something so and all this is incredibly hard for me because I like Clint Eastwood movies a lot and I didn't have my hopes so up for this movie because I was like I had to settle myself down and was like well Todd he is 91 <laughs> and I was like <laughs> so I went in with that kind of stuff and man I'm glad I did because it definitely shows yeah so yeah unfortunately that is my review it doesn't have too many bright spots. Really, all I can say is that there's two or three monologues in this movie that I think he does a bang-up job with. And they're just really kind of insightful and good and everything you kind of want from scenes like that. But is that enough to get you to come to this movie? I don't think it really should be. Because it's... I mean, yeah. I compare it to... <clears throat> what was the Netflix movie with Robert De Niro... And Joe Pesci, where he played the guy who killed Jimmy Hoffa. Paint, house painter. Paint, I paint, I, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. It was a Netflix movie we watched. And I don't span, even remember that. It spanned, it's like a three hour movie. It spanned like a long time. Maybe you never watched. No, no, no. I feel like we reviewed it. I don't remember that. It's, um, yeah. That so, doesn't mean it didn't happen, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I just can't remember that. It was on it's on Netflix and it was like Martin Scorsese and it was like the return of Joe Pesci and it had all this like mm. you know, stuff going for it, all this buzz. But there are scenes where they de-aged Robert De Niro and he's playing the a Irishman? younger version. Yeah. Is it the Irishman? Maybe. We never reviewed that. Did we not? I've never seen it. Oh really? I deliberately we didn't watch, to watch it. it. Oh. It was nominated for Best Picture. And I was watching all the Best Picture movies at that time, 
and decided to not watch that three-hour okay. movie. And we talked about it on Ed's podcast. That's okay. What it was, for his best of okay stuff, gotcha. and I was the only one who had seen all the movies. Gotcha. Okay. Well, now that that's cleared up. But yes. in that movie, like Robert De Niro plays his older self and his younger self, and they digitally de-aged him. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a scene where he has to fight a guy, and it's still. 80-something-year-old Robert De Niro fighting a guy that he's supposed to be in his 40s, and it just looks atrocious. Right. And that rang a lot true in this movie when Clint had to do some fighting scenes. and Except for there was no digital de-aging. He just looked like a kooky old man trying to throw some punches. He did, he did punch a guy, and the guy fell to the ground, but... Uh, it was not believable. It was not believable <laughs> was at all. Not fast and not believable. So, yeah. Anyway, that's my tangent that I took us on. Yes. Uh, yeah. Matt, <laughs> what did you think about this movie? Well, this isn't a good movie. Uh, I will agree on this one, I think. Um, I... Bleh. Yeah. The, I would say the best part of this... There's two good things about this movie. Uh, Clint Eastwood, watching Clint Eastwood, I... I will pretty much always like that. Yeah. Um, I like I like him acting. I like him delivering weird, quirky lines, um, even though they weren't delivered very well in this movie. <laughs> True. I still like it. Um, and the other thing that I liked about this movie was, in some parts of the story, there are some nice, like, touching moments. Yeah. In some parts, you mentioned the monologues. That's 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 like a, a one B for me, um, and that's really all this movie has. I mean, yeah. like there's not much else. The delivery and acting of people who are not Glenn Eastwood, atrocious. Yeah, I don't know why they picked Dwight Yoakam to be in this movie, but his delivery of almost every line was just abysmal. Was like, are you reading this off of cards right now, with no emotion whatsoever? It also made me feel like that, like when we were watching the movie. In my mind, when scenes would happen, I'm like, that's the scene you chose. Like of all the takes you did, <laughs> right? I was like, did we just not do many takes because Clint was like, I, I, I can't be up and around this much. <laughs> yeah. So we gotta just bang it out, and then I gotta go lay down in my trailer. Like, I just don't know. But it's like. There's so many scenes and honest, of Clint, too, where I'm just like, that's that's what hit the final product of this movie? Like, yeah. Should have done a few more takes, I think, <laughs> for, for a lot of these, these actors. Um, and the other thing that I really <coughs> disliked about this movie was, yes, we expect a slow movie with Clint Eastwood directing, slow, sweeping, build, build build the story yeah this one felt like i was running through molasses it was like super slow motion for i would say the first 85 percent of the movie yeah and then the last 15 you kind of got like a normal feel to the movie uh, where some things happen you're like oh i wasn't i didn't see that coming or um, well you kind of get a resolution yeah but it's also like you know, I guess maybe we're programmed as like we're going through movies to be like, this is building. We're, we're getting to a point and we definitely don't ever arrive at the, po- 
right. this movie. Right. The uh, this movie was not really about the resolution; it was about the journey. Absolutely. And it was a dumb journey. The journey was not that good. <laughs> it was a dumb journey. Unfortunate. <laughs> Um, and the motivations of the people involved were really pretty why. <laughs> yeah. It's also just none of it's, none of it's accurately flushed out either. Yeah. Like it's just, they threw in different things in different parts of the movie to change the fundamentalness of the story. Yeah. And you're kind of like, how'd we get there? Yep. Like, why is this a thing? Like, why are you throwing this curveball at us? It makes no sense. Yeah. So, um, you should see this movie if you like Clint Eastwood, but not in the theater. Yeah. And that's really it. If you don't like Clint Eastwood, don't even bother with this movie because yeah. there's nothing else really redeeming about it. Right. So. Certainly if you don't like, I mean, like, you could like Clint Eastwood as an actor, but then be like, I'm not a fan of what he does, the directing and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I think they're very different movies when that happens. But. True. So, but this is definitely a Clint Eastwood directed, slow moving movie so yes if you expect anything else and you've listened to our podcast well that's your fault at this point we <laughs> accurately warned, warned you for it yep oh man uh, okay well matt um how many broken backs would you give this movie mm-hmm. uh zero in this instance being the worst because you kind of want the most broken backs and five being the best because you have five broken backs <laughs> and you kind of have to break your own back to make it through this movie so uh, how many broken backs would you give this movie uh, Clint Eastwood character used to be a hotshot rodeo person until he broke his back mm-hmm. a horse flipped on him or whatever and broke his back um, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that there is a rooster in this movie named Macho. Yeah. And probably that has a lot to do with the name of the movie itself. And the, the right. rooster is a good actor. That's true. The rooster does really well. The rooster does fine and, in fact, bails them out on several scenes. It's also not, yeah, it's also, like, not, nothing, when it, and especially when it comes to animals, sometimes stuff can feel forced. Nothing with the rooster felt forced. No. The Just rooster. kind of there. And I mean, honestly, maybe play that up to Clint Eastwood. Like every time the rooster pecked or did something, he <laughs> responded to it. Whether and I don't know if all that was in the script. It's like if the rooster made a noise, he would respond to it. Right. But, I don't know. Maybe he got confused and thought that said that was his acting partner. In the scene. Right. I don't know. Mm. I can't really mention the state of his, whether or not Clint's all there or not. But. Anywho, yes, the rooster does really well. Yes. So, back to your rating system um, where uh, we're saying zero broken backs is the worst and five broken backs is the best. (laughs) Yes. It's hard to to get your mind around that. But uh, I'm going to say that I'm going to give this movie a 1.2 broken backs. Um, really the only redeeming thing was that I like watching Clint Eastwood and, uh, that's why, that's why we got above one. Yeah. So. That's fair. That's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to go. 1.2. Yeah. So. I am, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not far off from you. I, I, I landed on a 1.4. Mm-hmm. Um, 
honestly kind of the same reasons I think that you stated that I, I still enjoy seeing Clint Eastwood in movies um, this one hurt a little bit because you know, even of all the I'm a grizzled old man movies that he's done over the last like 15 years this is by far the weakest yeah um, Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Matt and Todd Go to the Movies. Our low-tone, depressing episode. (laughs) Where we reviewed the movie Cry Macho, and we gave it an average score of 1.3 broken backs out of 5. Yeah. Not good at all. Kind of, I equate seeing this movie as to, like, I don't know, maybe one of the last times I visited my own grandpa and was like, you're not doing well. That's how much I'm like hurting right now (laughs) for this movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. So if you if you like (laughs) Uh, Oh man. Watching this movie is like is like a trip to see your relative on their deathbed. Okay. Oh, well, but, but in your conversations with your grandpa, you get some nuggets of been like, there, there's the guy I know. That's right. There's the guy I, I grew up with. Yes. So, um, thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, the next one hopefully won't be this depressing as, <laughs> as this one was, but we're going to keep making them, and you keep listening, and we'll see you next time. Da-da-da-da! Da-da! Da-da-da! Da-da-da!